0: season two episode one uh thank you guys for all your support through season one we can't thank you enough our viewership has gone up our followers on social media has gone up it's been a nice two week break but uh it's time to get back to it um a couple of things that happened while we were gone uh we had the akil thomas night um when him and uh, clinton byfield and Devonte smith pelly uh played on the historic all black line and they were able to create some history that night with Akil getting a hat trick in less than it was, I believe four minutes. And he also scored the game winner in a shootout. So um, thoughts on that boys. Uh,
1: I think I'll just start it off. I think it was, it was pretty cool to see it happen uh, especially super quick after the episode. I think it was uh, maybe it was just bound to happen, but it was great to see it come into play and uh, definitely definitely, Amazing to see him score a hat-trick in that time and get the game-winner and shootout. It was a pretty nasty goal, so uh, I enjoyed the game. I watched it from start to finish. Definitely thought they were out, can't lie. Uh, but they had a lot of fight in them, so they came back.
0: Kind of um, funny how uh, we mentioned the all-black line with him on the pod, and it happened, eh?
1: That's what I'm saying. It, it, it just, it, I don't know if it was bound to happen. I don't know if I might have sparked something. But uh, you know, the coach Akil, if gave you're a listening, listen. Got, got the you. thinking. Yeah, I got you guys. I got you, LA. I know. What, I know what you guys need. I got you. Uh,
0: we uh, have his yeah. contact info if you're looking for a scout. Yeah,
1: yeah. You can hit me up.
2: Uh, so so the Corey, what's March, your what's your thoughts on this? So I'm just gonna go over a few of the stats that Mandela mentioned. So the game was March 21st against the Bakersfield Bakersfield Condors, the farm team for uh, the Oilers. Then the hat trick for Keel happened when they were down four one uh in the third period and he scores within two minutes and forty three seconds, three goals to tie the game force overtime, which they eventually win in a shootout. So pretty nuts getting his first um, hat trick as a professional. Uh in two minutes and four I'm still just can't get over that number. Two minutes and forty three seconds that's, that's, he scores
0: three goals.
1: How do you that's like NHL like <laughs> That's game numbers like that's like crossed crease game numbers that like a hat trick and like, Real wow, game that's
0: crazy.
1: yeah, like I'm trying to think like I don't even think I can that's, that's hard. That's hard to do. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 that's tough.
2: Uh, and like Mandela said, it's the first black line professional hockey since the 1940s with the black aces, cool. I believe.
1: Yeah, do we do we know who might have been like who was on that line? Is there um, names that we can let me see if I can kind of throw right out there? Here, they were the they were the beginners, so we we should definitely shout them out.
2: Since uh it's the first line it was since Herb Carnegie, Herb Carnegie, his brother Ozzy, and Manny McIntyre played as the Black yes. Aces line for various teams in the nineteen forties in Quebec. That's from okay. a CBC article yeah. by Doug Harrison. Nice. Um, almost yeah, like 80 cool. years
0: ago that's crazy
1: i know
2: but it, it's weird it took
1: 80 years for it to necessarily like be brought back again but if you were to think of all of the black players or you can even maybe throw an in indigenous or whatever right like you could throw in as you know by pick players in the nhl from those last 80 years and you could have had a whole team from from probably mm-hmm. like coaches who are like you know former players going to coaches in general managing positions all the way down to where they are, you know, still playing in a sense. Uh, you could you could make a whole team, and it's weird to think that it, like in the eighty years from the first line to you know March twenty first, uh, it, it it just kind of never happened. So mm-hmm. I'm glad it did. It's it's great to see that it happened, and hopefully, you know, uh, we see it more in the developmental leagues and just moving on up into the the major
2: leagues. I well. think I think for sure because I think just the the amount of, of kids I've been starting to notice that are coming from, you know, colored backgrounds, uh, whether they're black or indigenous and such, they're getting more recognition. They're getting more opportunities. And I think like, there's more names I'm noticing now where I'm like, Oh, that's a black kid playing for an OHL team. Oh, that's another black kid. And I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. So yeah, I think this is going to be the first, the first in a a long line of, of firsts and, um, hopefully we see a five man squad soon. I like to see a five man line.
1: I'd love oh, geez, to see sir. I'd love to just imagine, hold on, just imagine.
2: Free agency
1: down the line. Let's go twenty thirty, right? Maybe twenty twenty-five. You got Seth Jones, you got, you know, Quentin Byfield, Devontae Smith Pelly, Quentin by uh uh Akil Thomas, and you throw somebody but else. Will Smith Belly still be playing then? Hopefully, if he, you know, if if we can help help us keep, right? So you keep.
0: Who knows? Who knows who the players would be? Yeah. but um, yeah. it would just it would just be very very cool to see. Man, it would that'd be good.
2: Um, okay, moving on from that milestone thing, we had a uh, another uh, event that popped up with the NWHL. They resumed their season March twenty. What were the dates now? Before I forget, March twenty seventh, twenty eighth. They had their playoff games uh, in Boston, in Boston's brand new uh, practice facility, which is gorgeous. Um, and it so happened that Boston won. <sighs> surprise, How do you feel surprise. about that, boys?
1: <laughs> I smell a fixing. Aubrey. Yeah um this sounds it was it sounds really
2: in a way it was kind of nice because the two final teams are boston and minnesota which were supposed to play in the previous season's final that was canceled due to covid so it was nice to get that rematch and see who actually would have won in a sense
1: um yeah but what i don't like is that for the other two teams i had to come into this right so think of it technically the three teams you got to come into a new practice facility. You got to get used to the ice. And, and you got like maybe like a day to get used to your surroundings. So, well, meanwhile, Boston, this is their practice facility. They're here all the time. It's rigged. Well, it's I don't rigged, know. I don't rigged. know if, I don't boards know if the boards are bouncing in favor hold on, no, no, of Boston. No, no. When,
2: I say, when I say Boston, I meant the Bruins practice facility. I don't know if it's the Boston. Oh, so Giants even
1: worse, even worse, even worse, even worse. You're telling me Marshawn plays in there? if you haven't seen it
2: though if you haven't seen it though it's a beautiful <laughs> facility they got the Celtics uh, practice facility right oh. next to it, isn't, the it like, isn't it mostly
0: glass as well
2: yeah it's wicked Warriors Arena I think so, it's called or Ice Arena gorgeous building it's right next to the Celtics uh, practice facility and the New Balance headquarters all brand new development gorgeous I, I'm going to shut up now <laughs> I disagree um, Then the last bit of news uh, before we move on is uh, the Toronto Wolfpack, uh, which was a rugby team that was trying to play transatlantic rugby. Uh, And they did successfully for like three years and they made it all the way Mm -hmm. to the top flight in England because they started in the third league in England and then it's like soccer. So there's promotion. They went all the way up to the uh, top league in three years. So they're supposed to play there in 2020, but due to COVID, they were voted out of the league. Um, and they didn't get to play, so they kind of went on hiatus. And with the whole financials of, of what COVID brings on, uh, they had to go on hiatus. And now they they announced that they're back and that they will be joining with thirteen other teams, one including Ottawa, to create the new North American Rugby League. So keep an eye out for that.
0: That's uh-huh. tough luck, but that's a great bounce back for them.
1: I know. I remember reading the article of them like shutting down basically they had to like return season members like tickets and refunds and stuff like that or you know people could keep them for if and when they return to play so it's good that they uh they got their feet back uh on the ground they can get moving but it, it's going to be fun to see i guess what is it 14 teams then because you're saying it's 13 including toronto or 13 yes yeah, 14
2: total from what i've been okay. together
1: so like seven and seven whatever, uh, conference yeah, or however think, they'll freaking do it. I think
2: for this season, the two Canadian teams, because it's Toronto and Ottawa, are going to be separate for a bit from what I've been reading, but nothing's confirmed yet. Gotcha. Well, Because times are changing. You know, vaccines yeah. are happening. We'll, we'll see what happens.
0: All right, guys, shifting gears here after that recap, Um, we got a special guest for you guys, number 77 of the OHL's Sanya Sting. Ryder McIntyre. Say hello to the people, Ryder.
3: What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh from the buzziest team in the OHL. I like to say that from the Sardinia Sting. But uh let's let's jump right into it. So tell us about your introduction to hockey and like how did you get started and some of the rep teams you played for when you were younger?
3: Yeah, so I got into hockey from my dad, uh big hockey guy. So it just it just, it just fit. Uh, my parents as well, they my mom, she was big hockey, her family's big hot in hockey. So it was just it just fit perfectly. Um, my dad signed me up when I was four. And ever since then I kind of kind of enjoyed it. Um and yeah, so I just I just been playing since. I played House League uh two years in Stouffville, Um and I thought I, I fell in love with the game since. So
1: what was the was the House League uh was house league fun or was it a little bit more competitive uh in your sense? Yeah.
3: It was, actually, it was fun. Like, um, I played with a lot of buddies, actually. Some got some of my buddies who I play with now or played last season, um, they were they were actually – I played in minor – I played house league with them. So, I've been playing with them my whole minor hockey career, literally, from house league to a minor midget. So, um, it was a lot of fun because, again, Still was kind of a small town. Mm-hmm. So, you know everyone you're playing with and playing against. So, um, and at four years old, you're just out there to have fun.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you mentioned some of those guys you – uh, grew up playing all the way with um take us through your minor hockey career after those two years of house league um did you go straight to triple a did you play a double a and um how many different teams did you play for throughout uh your minor hockey career up until minor midget
3: yeah so i went i went to double a uh type c type a novice i played double a for the Stover Clippers. um actually i actually wanted to be a goalie at one point uh, interesting so interesting i was a i was a big i was a big james reimer guy so i remember i used to practice my my butterflies and throwing the ball against the wall thinking i was james reimer um, well you definitely have the no, size
0: to be a modern day goalie that's for sure
3: i'm a i'm a southpaw too so it's a little it's a little different like there's no equipment that fit me because i'm i catch with my uh right hand and i throw okay. my left so i'm i'm complete opposite from the from the uh standard goalie but yeah so i played uh double a in stovall Um, In novice, we ended up winning the OMHA's. Oh, awesome! It was exciting. Um, We we had I think we were the first team to win it in the W double A system in stovo so it was pretty pretty big for our organization. And then I went to Markham for the next four years, played Triple A there from minor item to uh, minor bantam, and then minor bantam. I went to Ajax till minor midget, so three teams. And
0: so throughout that time. what would you say your favorite year and team was? Like, they could be different, their favorite year and favorite team. And then yeah. also, like, what was your fondest memory of minor hockey, like, on the ice?
3: Yeah. Um, I would say, like, later years with Ajax, those were amazing. Like, of course, I can't, I can't pick a uh, certain team because all the guys we played with were amazing guys. But I would say Ajax, it was a lot of fun. Um, those guys were, like, brothers to me. Um, and we had a lot of success on and off the ice together. So, uh, I'd say I, I enjoyed playing there, um, on ice memories. I think either winning the Wendy Duffett tournament with the team, uh, winning the Vaughn tournament in, my, in um, uh, major Bantam or, uh, the silver stick. That was, that was a lot uh, of fun. The
0: Whippy silver stick international?
3: Yeah. Like there was, it was packed, like the environment in that arena, um, and we played Quinty that first game and. It was it was packed and it was it was it was so fun to play. You
0: think the Whippy silverstick international what was a better atmosphere than the old
3: Uh I would say I would say yeah, because the arena was a little smaller, so like everyone was closer together and it just kind of just went on the ice. So when the like when we played the OMHAs, the one year in Ajax was fun. We had we were we, we were full most of the nights. Um and then I don't I think it was uh new market I think the other one was and the rink was a little bigger so the atmosphere was a little it was a little bit spread out so I would say i would say the Whippy silver stick was was a lot a lot bigger better atmosphere that definitely makes sense
2: yeah what was it like going to a uh, specialized school we know that you're you're uh, from Stouffville so Markham's also close by and there's a school in markham that's uh bill bill Crothers if I'm saying that correctly Crothers,
3: Crothers? yeah bill Crothers
2: okay yeah I'm gonna be yeah. honest I didn't know about the school. I searched up on Wikipedia. There's some names of notable alumni and damn, they're decent names. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what was, what was it like?
3: It, it's so I, I still attend there right now. Um, it is great to be honest. Um, like the, the, the ability to play your sport at a high level and go to school. Like we have, we've have study periods with the day. So we have um an hour study period, which is very comes in clutch. I mean, practicing every night i mean you don't really have time to do your homework so doing that in that study period comes up clutch um and the facilities they have at my school is, is crazy like we have a great we also have a great strength coach who uh i got a good relationship with and i got to meet him and so we have a lot of high-tech stuff that i was, I was fortunate enough to be able to use uh, and use to better my better my game and stuff like that so um, it was overall a great experience
2: okay so then what were like what do you think is so I am just listening and, and thinking? Like it's different than a regular public school, right? But yet it is a public school.
3: Yeah, so it's a it's like a it's a public high school, but you have to apply to get in. Um so the whole application process you got to do. Um, like you have to get coaches, uh coach letter, teacher letter, you have to submit your grades and all that stuff. You have to write your own letter, parents have to write a letter. So it's a it's a pretty big thing. Um, and they accept grade nine when you're going in grade nine year. Um, so yeah, it's like it's a public school, but there is some special stuff that we are lucky to have.
1: It's, uh, wow, that's yeah, that's crazy cost. thinking about it. Because like, there's some public schools, like for example, like Central Tech, like they have, you know, equipment. Obviously, like they get funding for equipment, and recently they got branded and sponsored by Jordan. But before that, when I went there, it was a decent school, right? Like they kept up with things. But hearing like that, there's a specialized school and like for sports and stuff. It like blows my mind to think that. <clears throat> excuse me like i didn't even think those things even existed so that's that's wow it's mind-blowing
3: yeah it's pretty funny so we got it we actually got a new track this year okay um unfortunately we couldn't use it because i mean Hmm. covid um but andre de Grasse, he was uh training there so you just see his training videos on our school track so it's pretty pretty big i think i don't think he was an alum but he lives in the area so he comes and trains there
1: that's that's wow must be like a I was going to say, it must be like some sort of like a regulation size for him to like practice on. Yeah. No. yeah. It's a very nice facility. Wow.
2: Yeah. Hold on. I just got to shout out the most notable alumni on the list. Bianca Andrescu is also from this school. Travis Dermott of the Traumatic Leaves is also there. Like this is, yeah. this is a crazy school.
3: Anthony Sorelli also went wow. there as well. Wow. Yeah. She was, we, have a home, we have homecoming every year and she was going to come to ours last year but uh, COVID kind of ruined it after she won the u.s open we we're gonna have another one and we we're gonna do like a homecoming but a celebration for bianca uh so unfortunately it didn't happen but that would have been pretty cool i remember
1: her mentioning something like that and it was like posted on tsn that like she like you know wanted to go back to toronto and do like a homecoming thing it was like all over her social media yeah that's that's hilarious yeah. that's crazy
3: we got all these rally towels and <laughs> stuff like that it's pretty it's, it's pretty cool but i mean didn't happen yeah
1: um, so my next question would be relating to the draft process and things like that. So take us through what like the whole experience was like from top to bottom and, uh, getting talked to from teams like Sarnia and other teams in the OHL, uh, what was it like to be in that situation?
3: Yeah. Um, it was a little unconventional this year, uh, granted mm-hmm. the circumstances, but, um, overall great experience. Like the first when you first got interviewed from teams, a little nerve wracking, um, like, but as you got forward, you got a little bit more comfortable. Um, the experiment the experience was fun. Uh just it's it was on the draft bad. day. It was very I was very anxious because didn't mm. know what was going on or didn't know what was gonna happen. So, but other than that, it was it was fun. Like the, that day, I remember I was with my I was with my my parents and stuff like that. And I saw my grandparents for a bit. So it was good to celebrate with them. But uh overall, great experience.
1: So when you're with your family and stuff, so I'm not too familiar. I basically just know what I see on TV. So are you getting a call from like the team uh, before they announce your name or how, how does it work in a sense for the OHL draft compared to what we see on TV and whatnot?
3: Yeah. So this year the draft was, it was was premiered on YouTube. Um, So I was watching that and then got a call from the team saying uh, we selected you and stuff like that. So that phone call was, Pardon?
0: Was it the GM that called you?
3: Yeah, Sonny's GM called me. It was it was that was a great phone call. Um, I was I was I was super excited when I heard when I when he called me. I saw my phone and got a call. So, uh, it was that was that was that was fun.
1: It's amazing. And I I'm assuming maybe some of your other teammates uh got drafted as well uh alongside yeah. you and stuff. How does that feel to like know that you guys all worked for it and got to the the main goal?
3: Yeah, that was great to see their names like. I was, I was pumped for them. Like, I mean, I was, I was excited for every single one of them who got picked and I still think more should have got picked. Um, We had, we had a great team of guys. We had a great group of guys. So um, it was, it was, it was honestly great to see their names because you know practicing with them every single day, they deserve, they all deserve it. So it was just good to
0: see. going to be interesting when you guys go head to head for the first time. eh?
3: Yeah, I know. I'm excited for that. Um, I've kind of talked to them a little bit here and there. It's been very excited.
0: Do you guys in Flint play each other? Are you in the same division?
3: Yeah, me and Ty are in the same same division. Oh, so you guys are gonna go head to head, bad. eh? We're gonna be divisional rivals. It's gonna be fun.
1: I can't wait for that matchup. I gotta I gotta tune into that one. That's gonna be fun. Hopefully, coach can make that happen at
0: least one shift of the game.
3: Yeah, I know that'd be that'd be that'd be a sight to see. That'd be a lot of fun to play. That I mean Ty's one of my good buddies, so definitely be a good battle. I've seen it happen in practice.
0: After the draft, you happened to be one of the top players in Canada and you were invited to the U-17 development camp. Now, often the U-17 camp happens in person in Calgary, but obviously due to COVID, that was unable to be the case and you guys had to do it virtually. What were some of the unique like challenges you faced and just how was that overall experience going through it for the first
3: time? Yeah, um, it's a little different, of course. I mean. We were all getting used to zoom at the point that was that was July so kind of kind of in the middle of the pandemic but it's still still not ironing out all the technical stuff so of course there's it's always going to be some technical difficulties but overall the experiment the experience was amazing like uh being with being with those guys who all elite players um elite coaches and stuff like that um every day we had we had like a seminar like a whole group seminar um where we we learned various topics we had mental performance, physical performance, um, ethics in sports, uh, sleep and stuff like that, even had team tactics and stuff. And then after our hour, like, or hour two, like, group uh, Zoom call, we had individual team. So, there was three teams, green, red, and I think black. So, each team had their own. Which one were you on? I was, I was team green. Team green. So, each individual team had their own Zoom calls. So, we went over different kind of expanding on what we went on earlier and also stuff involving the team. Cause at the time you're still kind of hoping there was an international tournament. Yeah. So we kind of went over team tactics and individual skill development. So it was good. So with
0: that happening and even though there was no U17 challenge, are you still in the hockey Canada system? Like going forward, will they invite you to future camps or was that kind of just a one-off thing because it was your draft year?
3: Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that works to be honest. Um I I would hope. I mean, I think I think I think it depends on how you play. Cause they showed there was they were telling us how some guys like it's not like if you don't make U seventeen or U eighteen, it's not the end of the world. Like, I mean, there's guys who then will go play on the World Juniors and stuff like that. So it's kind of just it's an accomplishment, but it doesn't, it doesn't it's not a it's not a be all end all for your career. Um, because there's there's guys who didn't go to U seventeen, didn't go to U18 and then Became key contributors on the world junior team, yeah. so so it's, it's interesting how that works. But I, I personally don't know how that system continues to work.
0: Okay, no, no, but uh, makes sense on both sides.
3: Yeah,
2: just listening to that, it almost sounds like the yeah, honor so. roll in high school, or like dean's list in university. It's like it, you don't have, like you might not make it. Not everybody makes it, but it doesn't mean your career is over if you don't make it.
3: Yeah, and they try to emphasize mm-hmm. that. Like, I mean, there's there's guys in the world juniors, like who are like you need you need you need your whole team. Like you don't just need your first line, second line guys, you need you need all 12 forwards, all 60, and all both your goalies. So um it doesn't matter where you start, it matters where you finish. So
0: I mean hey, we just had to kill thomas on He's prime example number one. He was talking yeah. about be ready at all times and he said that's why he got the call and we all know what he did.
3: Yeah that's why i think hockey canada is is the best in the world because all the guys all the guys are ready all, like no matter what like i mean like they like, they 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 have four lines and if you're on the fourth line you're 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 a stud but you still have to fit that role and all the guys play into their role and it and that's what helps a team win all the time so it's it's good to see it's kind of like the olympics you see in the olympics you got you got nhl first line studs playing on the fourth line so for sure
2: just thinking about that. Other countries are so just unfortunate to have to play Canada or even the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're 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 doing just... other teams are
1: starting to to get some traction. Sweden true. and stuff, Finland. I'd hate to play them too. No, very they Got true. some tough competitors. <laughs> very true. They're, they're, coming, like, up. they're, they're coming up. They're coming up. I remember if they're being not a... there already. Yeah, I like remember being... Russia's
0: up there. Russia's definitely up there. Yeah, Sweden is hit and miss. I find. They have good years, and then they have to wait and
1: redevelop, and then they'll have a good year, I feel. I feel like yeah. they're, there's so much uh, breaking. Like, there's such a breaking point in their, like, development, in a sense. Like, they get a bunch ups of and downs, kids, they develop them well. Yeah, and then, like, they got to wait for the best. They don't want to just throw anybody out there, right? So they're looking to use their camps and stuff as exposure to get them into the, the main market, which works for them, however they want to do it. But, yeah, ups and downs, but. It's crazy because I, I I would not want to be like you know Latvia or anybody else play. I remember being a kid and watching all these games and they're just getting pummeled, man. It's so bad. There's no mercy rule or anything. Yeah. Just straight goals and you could tell the announcers are sick and tired of calling the goals too. Like oh another one from Crosby.
2: Like come on, man, just pass the puck around. <laughs> uh, speaking of pummelings, just- <laughs> speaking of pummelings, Canada just played World Cup qualifiers for soccer. And Canada actually has a decent team right now, and they went up against Cayman Islands, and it was eleven nothing, which I think is our, is the biggest victory in Canada's history in soccer. It's like, it's yeah. It's, oh. When you get world class talent versus countries who can't compete, and it's like, oh no, <laughs> not again. It's yeah, it's not fair. Um, okay, but what can we do? Moving on from that that uh, tangent. Um, so we've been talking about like the development camp can development camp was virtual this year because of the pandemic um so how has you know with this pandemic how has it shaped your summer workout your on ice training your off ice training how has that all kind of been a, a development issue for for you
3: yeah personally for me it hasn't been too much of an issue i was lucky enough my gym um got I got we were able to stay open throughout the pa- pandemic um, in lockdowns because of high performance exemption. So we were fortunate enough to not skip a beat. Um so my in training, like my in the gym training has been been pretty consistent for the last year now. It's been so been lucky with that and just trying to get ice whenever I can. Like that's the that's the hard part is when ranks close down and you gotta got to pull out the rollerblades again and get back on the rollerblades because it's can't do much when the ranks are closed. But overall it's been hasn't been too bad um i i'm lucky that i'm able to still work out so
0: did you do um a lot of rollerblading this summer then awesome
3: yeah um i play a lot of like a lot of roller hockey games and stuff too so i did some did some just tri- some drills on them but i mean a lot of it was just playing with my buddies and getting that game again and it was it, we had some competitive games like it was, it was good it was a lot of fun out there that's good at least you guys were able to get up and do that yeah, we found this. We found this wicked spot. Like, yeah, great big parking lot, no cars, nothing. So, bought nets out and got put the put the brothers in net and uh, just rip pox on them. <laughs>
1: was the uh, was the ground
3: good for rollerblading? Yeah, that's, sometimes that's, when
1: you go to parking lots, yeah. the uh, grounds are like gravelly or like chipped up and stuff. So it's impossible to like get good comfort.
3: Yeah, no, the it was just freshly paved too. That's why it was a great spot. Oh, okay. So and it was Ooh, so that's, that's <laughs> the best rollerblade
0: on, on. oh my god
3: that's yeah, feels that's so literally good. like
1: fresh ice oh like yeah it's instantly crazy. like zamboni like fresh ice all the time oh,
3: 24 yeah. seven and like the green biscuit moved so well on it it was crazy
2: that's crazy uh okay hold on i just gotta make note when he said freshly paved everybody's face just Ah, oh. <laughs> if
0: you if you play it's ball hockey, thing, or yeah? hockey, you know if you know you know you know what it yeah. means to have fresh, fresh, smooth yeah. versus this rocky or chippy. The difference between getting a rock in the eye or the shin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly.
1: This is true. Scrape my knee on fresh paved cement than rocky chippy cement. Yeah, hundred percent. If I'm
3: taking a fall, like Mandela said, getting uh, getting the rock to the eye is never fun. No. Like never fun. So or 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 like a big rock to
2: the shin or stuff like that. Those, those sting. So. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Hold on, man. Okay. Yeah. I got one more question Go for it. We've been talking a lot about the OHL, uh, and you're with Sarnia and you just been drafted. Is there any news on when, the, if they're going to start? Cause every other league started, I wonder if you've gotten any word, if you can share it, if you can't, we'll talk about it off air. Uh, <laughs> But if you can, please enlighten us.
3: Yeah, no, I mean it's all. I think it's all in the government and like government's hands. It's a lot of the stuffs behind closed doors. Um, So personally, we don't we don't really know. But um, what what we're we're being told is that's positive and that just be ready whenever it happens. We're we're still planning on a season happening, so we're still training for it. Um, So whenever the time comes, I think I think the hockey will be will be really good. Uh, because I mean, you got that year off to prepare, and I think everybody's made strides in their development. So, just whenever it happens, it happens, and we'll be and guys gotta be ready for that.
1: So, speaking on having that year off, and Corey was uh, asking how you stayed in shape in the summer. So, how where do you think you've improved in your game from let's say a year ago? Let's say when the you know pandemic started compared to now, and what are some areas that you feel like you still want to improve in before the season starts?
3: Yeah, like I think I focus a lot on the little details. Um, Whether that's like my skating stride and fixing little little mechanics that will get me that half second or that tenth of a second um, that will add up over time. So I think I feel I've been became a better skater. I put a lot of time and effort into that, and I found a world class skating coach who's been I've been working with the last five months now since since rinks opened up. uh, I think in July. Uh, So overall, it's been I think my skating has improved a lot, and just got I got a couple more size on. I'm two fifteen now, so I kind of filled in my frame a little bit more, which I feel I've i never felt better. Mm-hmm. So, um, just the little details, I think I've improved on. Uh, that will hopefully make a big difference. That's good. Jesus,
0: no. you're two fifteen now.
3: Yeah, got put some put some more size on. I was a little. says two o seven last. Hey, year. I was gonna say yes for yeah, just for no.
1: reference. What were you? What were you before? Like last year, you're saying two o seven,
3: right? Yeah, am I playing weight? Now I'm completely solid, 215. Like I fluctuated a little bit, but it's a lot of that's water. Mm-hmm. But so like been 215 for the last month or so.
1: It's good. It's good.
3: You've been putting that work in. Good for you, bro.
0: So based off of that, obviously putting the work in. You obviously have some goals as to when you're putting that work in. Um, what are some of your goals? going forward for next season and then just beyond that.
3: Yeah. Um, my my ultimate goal is to play in the National Hockey League and, and to contribute, like not just to not just to play and be there, but to be to be a key contributor. Because it's it's one thing to get there. It's another thing to stay there. So yeah. I mean that's something that's my ultimate goal is to stay in the NHL. Not just getting there is getting there is unreal, but staying there is even it's even harder. So I'd say that's my ultimate goal. And of course going to Sarnia like meeting, doing, doing good stuff with the community and stuff like that, helping out when, when needed and hopefully winning a Memorial cup. That'd be, that'd be insane. I think we have, we have a good team uh, now and for the future. So
0: wicked. No, I like, I like how you said that Um, getting to the NHL and staying there because most people you ask them once they go, I just want to make it to the NHL. Right. And then it's kind of like once they get there, they figure it out. You've already established, like, okay, this is where I want to be and, like, I know I want to stick. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, again, like, even in the OHLs, you got to be able to stay in the lineup. Whatever role you play in, no matter what, so um, that's those are my those are my three main goals: is to to do those things. So, definitely wish you all
0: the best in that. But um we have one final question for you, and it relates more to off ice stuff. Um, what are some of the things that you like to do in the off season, like when it's when COVID wasn't a thing, and just some of the things you like to do for fun?
3: yeah um we kind of talked about it a little i like blading, but i'm a big golf guy we talked about this a little bit before the pod but um big golf guy and yeah. i'm not i'm not the best i mean every time i go out there i want to retire but i i happen to go i happen to go back and play three times a week and i get my money's worth we say we say that i get my money's worth on the course so
0: um how many old. balls are lost per round uh that's
3: I don't think I can disclose that, Mandela. I get chirp for that.
0: <laughs> that's, that's top secret information. Oh no, yeah,
3: like I was, I'll, I'll tell you this, I went to a simulator, oh, it was so hard. <laughs> like my my first couple shots were good. My long game was good, my short game. Oh, I was, I think I was 20 over Um, in the first, in the front nine, so I couldn't read the simulator.
0: Let's get that score under hundred this summer.
3: That's the plan. That'd be a miracle.
0: <laughs> miracles do happen we've seen it before
3: yeah that's right
0: all right but um boys any more questions that you guys have for Ryder?
3: uh i think
1: i think that's covered all of my questions that i had i think it's just awesome to be able to have these conversations with players and kind of ask the questions that i would have had to ask myself you know in another world if i ever got there but now to hear some answers it's uh it's great so i think yeah, it's just fun to have these conversations.
3: Yeah. Thank you guys for having me out. uh I had a lot of fun with this and I was looking forward to it. Once you guys first put your first pod up. So thank yeah, you. We
1: were, we were told by Manny that you're a avid listener. You like to oh, yeah, listen from the start.
3: This is day one. Mendel sent me the link and I've been, I've been, I've been listening each time. So it's been good. Yeah. Riders, Riders
0: are loyal fan. For those of you who don't know, I was the trainer on his triple uh, A team for three years and he's always supported any endeavor that, uh, i've put forward so i appreciate him for that and thanks for coming on the pod man it's been unreal not anytime thank you for having me
1: on that note i'm gonna leave it to the boys because this is not my specialty uh so on Corey, whenever you want manny you can chime in too Ryder, if you want to get in on this day one listener you can add your own piece in too but thank you guys for listening to season two episode one we'll catch you guys next week with another great episode
0: peace